Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the COVID Recovery Support Group, um, starring the man himself, Mr. Harry Warren. How are you doing? How are you? You're on the back end of it, mate, aren't you? Yeah, I've got a I've got a negative test today. I have to test tomorrow, and if I test negative, I'm allowed back out into a into society. society. Yeah, <laughs> and a non and non COVID testing um, participant in today's conversation, Mr. Neil Fissler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hello, Nick. How you going, mate? How you going, Harry? Yeah, good mate. Yeah, I, I don't. If listeners can detect the faint um, blocked nose, and and uh, I will be using the mute button on a few occasions if I cough and sputter to try and spare you my positive test. I couldn't get down the den this afternoon for that um, nervy, um, but in the end victorious afternoon victory of uh, two to one over over Cardiff City. Just as I was starting to write out a text of praise keeping a, a clean sheet chaps um mill did their usual edgy finale to just to make it nervous at the, the finish there but I, I was actually struggling neil to find um a good way to sum up that game because it was a dire first half it was a dire first half which improved with for me improved the introduction of bennett and, and savile um which was kind of halfway through the second half roughly i think yeah 68 minutes and then we we livened it up from there, scored both goals from that point onwards. But other than that, it was quite hard to come up with much that was positive from a Mill perspective. How did you see the game there, mate? The bipolar Millwall won it. First half was absolutely yeah. dour, probably suited our manager's persona and <laughs> game plan and the way that he comes across. Yeah, it was yeah, let's not put too much of a finer point on it. It was fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was almost trying to switch over for the TV to find some rugby or some at the watch. Yeah, because it was just awful, wasn't it? That first half, and just it looked was. like it was going to be one of those boring Gary Rowett ball nil nil draws. We probably had the best chance of the first half. I think where Burke hit the keeper's feet, they looked like they were going to scramble a goal once. I think when the ball went in the six-yard box, pinged around a little bit, didn't it? And Bart saved quite down, quite yeah. low down. Uh, but you always got the feeling that they weren't going to get away from us. I know they've had some quite good results under Steve Morrison, haven't they, of late? But you, but but, but you didn't ever think that they were going to snatch and grab 
a couple of goals which would have made it difficult. Then, as you said, second half was totally the opposite, wasn't it? We, yeah, but he brings on a couple of substitutes and the game... Turns a game, yeah. I was um, listening to... I was watching Cardiff TV, listeners, so I was listening to um, a strangely disjointed commentator... Um, and I don't know because you get you don't have a, a picture of the person concerned. So I had a mental image of like a student doing it from his bedroom with a live feed to the den. So you're kind of one one step removed from reality, which matched my mental state anyway. Harry, as a, as a COVID positive patient today, I felt like I was slightly disjointed from real life anyway. Um, and he described the game turning on that handball chance for Cardiff on forty six when Jake seemed to handle it in the area. I mean, I. I, it looked like a penalty to me. How did you see it, mate? I think there was two moments where Cardiff probably should be one, if not two nil up. Um, that that's one. You know, it's yeah. probably a penalty. Whether or not it's a red card, I don't think referees know whether or not it's a goal scoring opportunity or double jeopardy or whatnot. Um, but then also they missed a chance from inside the six yard box where it was easier. Where the um, I think it was Hugel got in front of Bart and all we had to do was header it down and he tried to place it in a corner for some unknown reason. Um, yeah, yeah. And that could have been yeah. one or two nil easily. And then would the den have turned? You know, it's if it's small margins, but on a positive note, trying to be positive, we've, we've won the game. But again, I do feel we are just papering over the cracks of what this side is. I I, mean, I agree. I mean, I, I wasn't there today, listeners, so I can't tell you about the mood of the den. I'm only going by what I read on Twitter and that, that you have to take some of that with a pinch of salt sometimes because that's, you know, individuals um, takes on it, but there were talks at half time. One, I think it was Ed Castle saying people were leaving the ground at half time because they were bored. And I don't disbelieve that Neil, do you? I, I, we all, we all read out the, we all read the forums. We all read Twitter. We all have been there. We all watch the, the, the stream. So we, we know how tedious it is. And it seems a bit churlish in the aftermath of a two nil win, two one win. Sorry, to to complain, but it's got to be more exciting than this to keep the put the bums on seats. And I don't think that's something that the club is entirely connecting at the moment. Because it at half time, I thought, yeah, I probably might. Well, I wouldn't have left at half time. It's not in my nature, but I can understand people doing so. Go and get a few beers, have a drink down the pub. It's it's more entertaining. I mean, this this is a problem. I think the attendances are shocking, aren't they? If you actually look at the attendances and seeing the fact to how long we went without football, the attendances this season should be consistent and they've just tailed away because the football is boring. There's no other word for the football. It, it, it's shit. It, it, it's, it's, mm. it's not good enough. At like the, the idea of playing five at the back uh, and so on and being a passing style is brilliant. But if you haven't got the staff to do it, that's what it becomes. To be honest, I think that it's twofold. I think the football is shit, as Ari says. I think that there's a big disconnect between uh, the club management. Yeah, well, I mean that twofold. I mean Rowett and also I mean Kavanagh. I think Kavanagh's attitude's putting a few off. They don't like one or two things that are happening behind the scenes. And also, I think the ticket prices are obscene, aren't they? Is it somewhat like... 34 quid, 32, 34 quid. Is it how much it is? Yeah. And wow. And what with everything? Well, if you're being asked to pay 32 quid or something like that to watch a game on a match day to rock up, uh, it's a lot of money at the minute. Bills are going up. There's less money in your pocket. Mm. And you're thinking, 
do I really want to spend £32 to be bored to fucking death like you were in the first half? But then again, yeah, well, that's football, isn't it? You should never leave a football match at any time. You don't leave a film after an hour, do you? Or walk out of a gig. I don't know. Any, anyone who watched James Corden in Cats might have left after five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I would have asked the question of why you were there in the first place. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, you wouldn't want to watch James Corden in anything, really, would you? You'd get <laughs> no, a, sn- no, a snuff movie might do it. We're going wildly off topic here, chaps. <laughs> maybe that's that's maybe that's an indication of of, um, of 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 the state of play at the moment. I mean the 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 goal, um, the opening goal for the Lions. I mean we, we skirted over a lot of the match here because there's not really that much to report, listeners. So we're going to go to the. I've got it as seventy two minutes. I mean, it might have been seventy three minutes. We we'll, we'll go one nil up, which was that um, corner from the right side. Strange goal, in all honesty. I mean, if I was a Cardiff fan, I'd have to call that very poor defence. A, a corner that kind of skims its way through your penalty area and gets headed home from close with unchallenged on the other side of the six-yard box must be poor defence. But um, Murray Wallace, for me, is is he's one of those eternal Millwall players. And he? He's a bit like Jimmy Abdu. He never stops running. He always gives you everything. And he scuffs and, and gets big moments like that goal. Um, to put us one, a goal ahead in a game we didn't really deserve to be leading. What you got to say about Murray Wallace is he's a typical Millwall type of player. Absolutely, isn't he? Isn't, yeah, absolutely isn't spectacular, isn't brilliant, but gives you one hundred percent every single game. And I think he encapsulates everything that we look for in a player. Don't necessarily have to be the best player in the world, but as long as you do, as long as you give everything. Uh, it will do, but it, it was a strange goal, you say, because in the first half, I thought Cardiff set up quite well at the back, didn't they? And they actually looked like that they were going to be quite difficult to break down. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> a ball, you have a ball that shouldn't even have got to where it got. Bounces um, inside there at the six-yard box, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even the best header in the world. It looked as if he scuffed it. Yeah. Didn't he really? He didn't get a good connection on it, and it <laughs> and it trickles into the back it's of the net. And, you, and who cares? You, you you're yeah. too busy celebrating, aren't you? One nil. Thank you very much indeed. I think the cross for the corner, or the cross that led to the corner, was another one that the keeper should have come and come and taken. I think it got caught in the wind or or whatever. But it looked like they were complaining for a foul um, when it was their own player who got in the way of the keeper. So I think. It's a, we scored at a key time because it could have just sort of five, ten more minutes in, it would have just broken into a, a sort of normal row it sort of home draw, a bit Ball like the Preston game. Yeah, it could, it could have done. And <laughs> well, as soon as we uh, as soon as we get one up, like I didn't think we were going to lose the game from there. But I thought the first goal we ever scored, it would probably win the game. So I mean, another moment. I just want to I actually want to rewind slightly. Uh, another praise for Murray. Um, because he took a yellow card for the team on 52. I don't know if you saw that, boys, but um, the Cardiff broke. It was a Jake Cooper error. I think he misplaced the pass, and I thought the quality of our passing all afternoon was was very poor. Um, and I don't particularly want to hound Jake, but he, he made a howler of a pass there, which um, almost put the Cardiff, the Cardiff forward through on the right, and Murray pulled him back and had to take a yellow card. But it was a very intelligent yellow card because it wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity and it would only be a yellow, not not a red, because it was a few more yards and you might have got into that zone. But that prevented probably a goal-scoring chance. Um, 
which again, as Harry said, I think the first score of the first goal would probably have gone on to win the game. So two big moments there, really, both Murray Wallace related. I must admit, I relaxed a lot once we went a goal ahead. I didn't really think Cardiff showed that much to be excited over. I mean, they were physical, weren't they? Um, the Cardiff commentary kept talking about the rebuilding process that Steve Morrison's putting them through at the moment. And maybe that is a rebuild. I don't know. I don't follow them. But um, I thought they looked like a, looked a bit like Millwall, actually, in, in some ways, only with bigger blokes, you know, more uh, more powerful, bigger, maybe done slightly better. I don't know. But um, I mean, they had a good result midweek. So possibly that's that's a rebuild. I don't know. Um, second goal finished it, um, which was a great... Um, it was a great cross in from the right side. I think it was Savile, wasn't it? Savile crossed it in, chipped it in from the right side, and uh, Bennett put it away nicely. And um, that should have been game, set, and match at that point. But somehow we always contrive to uh, make it edgy towards the end, Neil, don't we? That's that, that's typically Millwall as well. Well, the noticeable thing for the second goal was actually how Bennett actually took out two of their players. He drew two players to him, kind of won a ball. That set. Savile free inside the box and he just dinked a little cross to the back post, didn't he? That had taken a bit of a deflection. Yeah. And in came uh, Bennett, wasn't it? With a thought he went up too early and the geezer shoved him in the back. And yeah. He got his head to it and it rolled in the back of the net. But as you say, well, we don't like making things easy for ourselves. It's typical Millwall, <laughs> isn't it? That, that a game that we should have been quite comfortable there on yeah really was it no 90 plus two we give away a poor a poor goal harry i mean that's i i think one of the one of the consistent themes of the season has been a, a defense that we previously would have praised i mean I, I can't remember the numbers now but i mean it, it was one of the better defenses in the division but it seems to have been become rather lax without any compensating attacking play to compensate for that that lackadaisical approach at times in defense yeah, I mean, what's it, four or five clean sheets all year? It's not good enough from a defensive manager no, that plays five at the back. Not. But, um, I mean, admittedly, they have been missing Ballard and Pierce is an angry, a toddler with an angry grenade at the back. Um, <laughs> so it, it's not, you know, you can't, I'd look at, the only thing I can compare it to is a bit like Leicester. Leicester were quite good defensively and then all of a sudden they get a few injuries and they're not very good defensively anymore. Um, and people are giving, saying, give, people time and so on the different the differences with Millwall is we've got no uh, the difference is second half I think when we go forward and we actually attack teams teams are worried about what we do when we are positive and when we get on the front foot and I'm not just talking about this like our manager does when you actually go and do it not what he said before the Fulham game when you go and do that you you stop your position because they have to worry about you first where we're very reactive normally um and we normally, you know, give away chances because we are so scared about what the opposition do to us. I think we draw them on to us more, you know. Um, and that's what we've done all season, for me. Rather than going and having a go, we've sort of played this negative football that makes other teams smell blood in the water. And then they come at us and we're not good enough to defend that. So it's six of one half a dozen of the other. But at the end of the day, it's not been good enough in the defence all year. Yeah, can I just add one thing about that whilst Nick has a good cough? Yeah. I think they got caught ball watching, actually. Uh, yeah, but if you have a look, the guy sneaked in between two players, didn't he? And they both kind of left it to each other to sort out, and the geezer stuck out, stuck out a foot, and it was 2-1. 
But yeah, well, I do take your point. I think we, I think he sets up where he's more, where he doesn't want to lose a game rather than going out to win a game, and that's something that I've said about him for about eighteen months now. And well, that, that brings me. I was mid mid cough, listeners. I was just about to make that very point. I say it brings us on to the question of the manager because. To me, um, what we've seen, when we go forwards, I mean, Harry, just to not put your point in a nutshell, and I think much the same from, from yourself, Now, when we go forwards, we're not a bad side. I mean, we, we can play some decent stuff going forwards if we're kind of set free, unleashed, whatever you want to call it. Um, we, When we try and contain games, we don't do very well. And that takes me to the question of the manager, because... We're now, I was just looking at the table before we started recording, chaps, and uh, we're 15th position. After a, after a win, we're still in 15th position. We are solidly lower table now. Um, we're not in danger of relegation. That's way out of, of contention. 20, 20 point gap between us and Peterborough in the bottom, uh, top of the bottom three. Um, so, But we're, we're now decisively a mid to lower table side, which wasn't the game plan. That wasn't wasn't um, on whatever, you know, whatever Gary Rowett's interview notes would have been. I know he's had COVID to contend with, but so is the rest of the Football League and football more widely. I, mean, I don't think, I think the question of the management has to be considered. If it's not being considered by the club, then I, I, I query their their um, their competence because I reckon we're probably going to finish roughly in this position, maybe a few places higher, maybe, maybe a couple of points less than that. I don't know. 15th seems to me about par for where we're going to finish for the season now. I think we can do better and I think we can do better with a different approach. Um, whether that, I don't think all-out attack is the way to go, Harry, but more more of an attacking mentality, especially at the Dens, uh, strikes me as the this, this group of players have that potential to do better than what they're being allowed to. Yeah, I'd like a plan A and a plan B. We don't. We seem to have a plan A, and if the plan A doesn't work, um, then we lose or we draw. Um, it doesn't really for me. You know, five at the back's fine. If we're going away from home and we're trying to play railway ball to nick a draw on the road or a win on the road one nil, I'll accept that. But I just for me, the things that have killed me and why I've got no confidence in him is he doesn't know how to play to us at the den and. The den is our biggest weapon. It is. It is. It will always be our biggest weapon in the right hands. And we can't outspend teams. So you need to make the den a fortress. And when managers haven't done that, I'm thinking of Holloway, Lomas, um, recently, you know, it's, it falls away. When Jacket started to bolt or you're to tears by the end of it, 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 it's when it starts to break down. It's when the club starts to regress and go into itself. Uh, and have a period of stagnation and a period of demise. And if we don't address it, it's only going to get worse. We're only going to slip further away. Um, Neil, I don't see us being terribly different from this position now. I'll stand to be corrected, listeners. We might go on a 10-game unbeaten run. We might start scoring goals for fun, but it's hard to see it at the moment. Um, I mean... If we finish in this mid-table position, I, I, I think that's got to be considered a failure from from Gary Rowett's point of view, given the the the, the, the approach that he, he said he would want to come into the club with. He wanted to aim upwards. He said that quite recently in one of his post-match interviews about being ambitious. It doesn't look. I know we're speaking after a win, so you know some people will say out there it's 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 being churlish, but I I, I just think that if that's where it finishes, that's going to be considered a failure. I don't know. I think we need a bit of a reality check, actually. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries this season. 
hell of a lot of injuries this season. And to key players, not to not to squad players and that. You look at the players that are injured, Ballard, we've lost Bradshaw when he was going well, Ryan Leonard, yeah. uh Jed Wallace was out for quite a long time, wasn't he? You name it. And we've been without it, haven't we? Uh, I think we're probably a decent striker off having a good team, somebody who can score a goal. But I don't know where all of this talk of the playoffs comes from. We had a yeah, we had quite a good season last year and the season before. We just missed out a couple of times, but but then we tailed away, didn't we? Mm. Towards the end of it, but but I but I think as Harry said, we're not gonna. We can't compete with the big spenders, and let's face it, even the teams in mid-table are spending five, six, seven, eight million pound on players, and they're finishing in mid-table. So we're punching above our weight in a lot of respects. But to be fair, we ought to be happy just by finishing mid-table in the championship because our budget is pitiful, the crowds are pitiful, so. So why should we expect an owner to put his hand in his pocket and spend a lot of money on players when it's not going to have any effect, really, is it? Yeah, but it's not going to put extra bums on seats and things like that. So so think- you've just got to have a bit of a reality check. And you've also got to ask yourself two things. Is John Berylson a sacking chairman? No. Mm-hmm. He's got rid no, of players. Yeah, but he's got rid of managers when he's had to get rid of managers and not before. He hasn't sacked managers willy-nilly. He's very, very loyal. And are we going to get a better manager than Gary Rowett or a better manager of the stature of Gary Rowett? And maybe not. The problem with managers is it's the same old, same old, isn't it? Yeah, You look at Sunderland, a team that have got ideas of grandeur above their station. Roy Keane, what would that have all been about? Honestly, it failed... Yeah, the failed manager. They ended up appointing Alex Neal, another failed manager. So you've got to ask yourself, are we going to do better than Gary Rowett? And I don't think we would. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Achtung, Mailball. Hello, Nick. It's Barry Moonier. I'm just... Ac- you're winding me up. You're winding me up today. Listen to that, Harry. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is a Millwall supporter? I do not know. He talks absolute rubbish. No matter what, he wants to row it out. He's always wanted to row it out. He hates the man. I don't know what he's done to him, but I don't know what sort of manager he would want down our place or what players he wants. Because I'll be honest with you, why is a Millwall supporter? It's beyond me. Beyond me also. I'm sorry, you have a good... All the other guys talk sensible. He don't talk no bleeding sense at all, having an eight row it and eight the football, eight this, eight that. My good God, he makes James O'Brien on LBC look like a, a saint. Cheers, mate. Hi, Nick. It's Matt Richards here. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to think about that game. It's a weird one. I'm kind of thinking, you know, Cardiff were playing well, weren't they? It's like a form team, and, you know, we kind of comfortably beat them, but it's. You know the, the proverbial game of two halves. I mean, the first half is just just awful. We're just so slow, slow in our build-up. I mean, quite a bit of back I can take if we can move it faster to the forwards, and then it was just. I mean, nothing was going up there. The phobie just wasn't. There's, there's no relationship between phobie, phobie Wallace and Burke, and awful. I mean, we had one shot on goal, and but it's just a terrible half. I and mean, Cardiff, Cardiff were a poor team as well. Um, so yeah, first half was really bad, and but no, second half, even the second half, before, even before we put subs on and we changed formation, we just thought we just had played with a bit more pace, moving the ball around quicker, a bit more urgency, and that's that's just what we want to see. We didn't create loads of chances in the second half, but you know we we were putting them under pressure, and um, yeah, Bart made a great save, and. Um, yeah, two goals. But I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. Um, Murray Murray Wallace with you know good header, good strong header, three in the box, and um, really pleased to see Mason get his get his goal as well and Savile with the assist. So yeah, it's a decent win, two um, one playing Tuesday. I don't know. I mean, Phobie going down is a bit of a worry, and um, Burke injured as well, isn't it? So I don't know what the team will be like on Tuesday, but. Um, Maybe a Bury come in, maybe Freeman might be fit. But yeah, we'll take it. 2 1 win. You know, we haven't had a load of wins, so we'll take it. Um, so happy with that. Um, so yeah, but um, kind of average performance, really. All right. Cheers, Nick. Come on, your lines. Achtung, Mailball. I don't expect us to do better than mid table for the reasons that you've set out. And I think everyone, anyone listening to this show, um, if they're, if they're logical, must must think the same way. I think where I would criticise the club or the Gary Rowett, let's, let's get it right, 
is the lack of discernible plan uh, and the bringing through of younger players because that's that's going to be the only way that we do um, have any chance to compete. We can't that's compete. Something. That, yeah, that's, is that that's something yeah, is that a like. discernible plan. Yeah, well, you look at our team. Yeah, Danny McNamara, homegrown. Billy Mitchell, homegrown. Tyler Bury on the bench, homegrown. Yeah. yeah. But these are, you... necessity, these are out of necessity. He didn't like Danny McNamara at the start of the season. He played Ryan Leonard at right back. He doesn't really like Billy Mitchell. He'd rather, he tried George Evans before he played him. He's playing Tyler Bury because we've got no budget to go and sign a winger that he wants. He doesn't want Millwall youngsters. There is a dis- I, My opinion is that he doesn't like this link. He doesn't like the link. He doesn't like a Millwall-type player because Millwall-type players, let's be honest, are irrational and are not, sort of plan base <laughs> they play on on the crowd and he doesn't want that it's very clear that he doesn't want that um but but for me the, the the problem the problem is is that for a squad like us the thing you need to do for a for a club with not major resources is you need to be able to blend your youngsters with experienced championship heads and get a good balance we've we've not done that we're not going to do that yes he's done well in the transfer window to get rid of some wages you know, he's moved out some dead wood. But, you know, I, I don't like this thing online where they turn around and say it's not his squad. It very much is his squad because he spent, he has spent money. And people, you know, say, oh, it's not as much as this person or that. But we're in the realm of what we are. And he has spent money and he signed eight centre midfielders, which I still can't work out um, at the start of the season. You know, when Leonard, when Leonard's fit, where does Leonard play in this marvellous three with Savile, Billy Mitchell, Gifton Bell, Evans? Well, you know, there's too many. Probably playing at centre-back. Probably, probably will. <laughs> you know, it might play him up front. Who knows? He's played everywhere else. And the other end is in goal. But the, the, the thing is, is that you can't afford to do that at Millwall because your budget isn't good. So then I don't want to hear you moaning about, oh, we, we can't bring this player in or we can't bring that player in because you spent the money already. There isn't an infinite amount of money. There isn't an infinite amount of budget. The, the, problem, the problem is as well is, He's not exciting enough to make you want to go. And, I, I know people who bought a season ticket this season that I've spoken to who will not be renewing because he bores them to tears. And that's mm. a problem because you need more season tickets to get the budget to go and spend the money to improve the squad. A bit braver. I think he has to be a bit braver in the transfer mm. market. And you can actually, you, Yemla and I have argued it on the other podcast a number of times. The other place, the other place. Yeah, the other place. (laughs) The one we shall not name. Yeah, the other place where I think you can follow you can follow the Brentford model, can't you? And things like that, where you bring players in from the lower divisions, you develop them and you sell them. Yeah. That is something that we ought to be looking at doing, to be quite honest. But we but we haven't seemed to grasp that reality, have we? That there are bargains in the lower divisions, and if you do what Peterborough do, and te- and and Brentford and teams like that, where you go out and you buy the next player, you've always got your eye on your next centre forward, haven't you? Because you know that the one you've got is going to go for quite decent money, so you're looking at replacing him, and you've got potentially his replacement or the replacement of the replacement in mind. I think that we're not smart enough in that sense. I think that our recruitment has been awful for donkey's years, hasn't it? I agree with that, Neil. I I, 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 I think that uh, poor old Kenny had that 
had that list that was in Michael Calvin's book and eventually he went through it eventually, didn't he? <laughs> and bought in the likes of Taylor Fletcher and uh, yeah. uh, Hulse, wasn't it? Hulse he tried to sign about. Rob Hulse, yeah. Legendary figures, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was a standing joke, wasn't it? Every time you, you knew the transfer window was come up, you had to look at Mike Calvin's book to see who was next coming in because it was in, <laughs> because it, because it was in that list of players. And then we gave Olgo the job, and to be quite frank, he was just tossed Michael Calvin's <laughs> scouting book by uh, by Andy Ambler and said, "Ah, oh, son, that's how you do the job." Yeah, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. So we haven't had, so we haven't ever had a plan in place. No. And Rowett, and Rowett, when he wanted a recruitment chief, he just went to one of his mates, didn't he? Who's lumbered us with Clifton Belt, who's it and miss and george evans who's it and miss and they just sign their mates don't they it's the modern phenomenon of football isn't it that managers they stick with what they're comfortable with in terms of of uh, coaching teams and uh, also players I, I just think this you compare us to luton uh, i know aaron compares us to luton quite a lot but if you compare us to Luton in terms of their recruitment and what they've gone and done on a similar budget and they're building a new stadium at the same time, so I'm assuming their budget's only going to decrease. Um, they're, they're in front of us in the league table. I know they got pumped 3-0 today by Birmingham, but um, mm. that you know the, 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 the difference in terms of what they were doing in the summer and what they do with their resources is, is remarkable, really. And that's, that's proof that it can be done. So it's not this unachievable, oh, it's only done by certain clubs. It's, it is out there for us to do, and, and it needs to be done now. This is the thing. You can't, if you stand still in football, you will get beat, and that's what I fear we're going to do this summer. The great untapped market is abroad. Yeah, but it's true, though, well, isn't we, it? We don't it, seem it, to go there. Well, when we do go there, it's disastrous, but if, if we don't go there with any great we success. Bel- we... we go to Belgium and we sign Bob <laughs> Peters. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> or we go to yeah, well, go to the Czech Republic and pick up Jiri Skelak. Well, we went to he went to Brighton, didn't he? So yeah, well, it, yeah, well, it is the great untapped thing as far as Mill's concerned. And we're in London, we're on the bloody well. We've got Eurostar passes under the bloody grand <laughs> virtually, doesn't it? And and we put in a couple of joke bids for a couple of Dutchmen, don't we? I don't know how he heard about them. I, mean, I think our scouting's done by football manager. I really don't. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah but that's what I was going to say. Yeah, but did they play football manager one night? Had Billy, yeah, but Billy Taylor or, uh, or, <laughs> or Max been on a football manager one night? Oh, yeah, no, he looks quite good. Yeah, pass it on the row. It, row it sticks in a half a million pound bid, one and a half million quid when the geezer's worth about eight. <laughs> it's interesting why we aren't any good at it, though. I mean, I, I've been fascinated by this. There's a, a, a debate online in the week about, um, I think um, I think it might have been uh, Aaron or it might have been Ryan who mentioned Swansea and uh, their manager and the, yeah. how they play a certain style of football that um, someone said. I, don't know, I, I can't remember the details of how it came in, but the Millwood fans wouldn't accept that style of football. And I don't buy that, Neil, because you and me are both old enough to remember the early 1990s when we did find the likes of E.T. and we did find players from, you know, far-flung points. We had Casey Keller in goal from the, the US of A and, and um, Dutch Dutch Etienne Vivier and so on. And we played under un, un, the kind of Rioc going towards McCarthy era was playing some of the best football that I've ever seen at the Den in terms of passing 
and I and think movement. we just want to be entertained, really, don't we? You just want yes, to we go do. home. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're entertained, to be honest, I'm not bothered if we get beat three two or we or we lose an entertaining two one game because you're gonna win more than you lose and you come out of the ground with a smile on your face. Okay, you might be pissed off for ten minutes that you've just lost a game of football. I think that Millwall fans just want to be entertained. And we're not being entertained. We don't create enough chances. We don't put the ball in the box often enough. And that's what I think the frustration is. We don't think we're going to strictly come passing or whatever Swansea play. Yeah, well, that isn't going to happen. But would I like to watch it? Yes, pretty much so, because we'd probably win a lot more games and we'd be in and around the playoffs, that kind of thing. But I think it's a notion that Millwall fans want to Watch aggressive type of football. It's not you aggressive four four two. Yeah, this is the stereotype. I don't buy it, Harry. I mean, you, you're you're younger than us too, so you know. Um, you I, be I don't believe. Fucking hell. <laughs> Um, I, t- I don't buy this notion that we only we we won't we don't have any finer tastes than just lump lump it four four two. I, I don't buy it. I think Neil's point that we want to be entertained is a fair one, don't you, H? I mean, I think yeah. that's that is why is why you go there. I mean, well, yeah, but it's an entertainment what... industry, isn't it? Football. Well, absolutely. You have a choice of whether or not you go and watch it, and football's never been more accessible in terms of if you are talking about people younger than myself. This notion that they're going to turn up and pay thirty two quid to watch it when they can spend the time in their in the pub and they can watch yeah. it on their phone if they're clever and they'll do certain things to watch it, you know, why would they not? You might as well have four beers and, and do that. The atmosphere at the den this season has been flat. Um, and that comes from the team and the manager, you know, that, that comes, they are a symbiotic relationship and, and we, it just doesn't happen. Does it, it you know, um, I, I like four four two. I can't turn around and say I don't. I like four four two. I like a Millwall style of team. Um, I can swallow us not playing four four two if the football's good and the results are good. But the results ain't been good enough to make me think that Millwall are anything other than meat and two veg four four two, two wingers, two centre forwards, and let's go. You know that's that's how it is for me. But I, I call me a football dinosaur, but I, I can't see anything wrong with it. If you know when my boy says, you know when my boy says that four four two is your bread and your butter, and to be quite honest, he's right. Um, yeah, well, I'm a traditionalist. I, yeah, well, I'd like to see Millwall play four four two, two wingers bombing forward, putting the ball in the box to two strikers. Yeah. But I feel that since a certain uh, Catalan took over. Uh, <laughs> uh, at a Premier League club, it's just gone totally the other way, English football, isn't it? We're all trying to be what we're not. And English football was great for a reason. Not because we try and play this ticky-tacker, pressing, high-octane, bloody passing game. It, it was because it was played at a 1,000 miles an hour with two wingers knocking the ball into the box, wasn't it, really? I think, Absolutely. I think you can play a hybrid of the two. I don't think four four two has to be just lump it long. I don't. I don't. I think this is like thrown about as if it's some. This is the way it must be. I think sometimes you can play lovely football with four four two if you if you get it right. Um, but you know, it's not as simple as playing four two. But you know, I you can play four three two one. You can play any formation you want 
as long as you pass the ball, create chances, put the ball in the box and you put it away and you win, there's a million different ways to win football matches. But there's also a million different ways seemingly to bore us to tears this season. And Gary Rowett's <laughs> doing a fucking good job at trying to find all of them. Yeah, no, well, I think he, yeah, no, I think he's worked through all of them, hasn't he, over the time. But, but, but actually, football is a very simple game. You put the ball into the box and you create chances, and hopefully, you take more than the opposition take. It's quite a simple game, really. But, but you've just got people that managers like Gary Rowett that speak a million languages of bollocks. <laughs> that just try and make it a lot more difficult than he is it really becoming needs very Holloway like, isn't he? He is in his in his interview. He's oh no, he's very not Holloway. as bad as that wanker. No, no, he's not as bad as him. Uh, like it's it's the same buzzwords. Like I'm imagining that they're going to now have some kind of like sheets up on the board of like inspirational quotes and and bollocks <laughs> like that. Just very middle management, like Ricky Gervais in the office type. You know, David I can go Brown, anywhere. Yeah. You are listening yeah, to the I Gary Rowett right. fan club listeners podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're right. I think that you look at any sport and they have these certain buzzwords. Reset is one in cricket. Oh, you've got to have a red ball reset. No, you don't. You need to fucking rip it up and start again. It's not a fucking <laughs> reset, is it? And there's certain buzzwords in sport like journey to describe your career. We're all on our journeys. Yeah, what? You're getting the fucking bus somewhere, are you? Because that's what a journey is. It's not a fucking career, is it? Oh, no. I'm going to start off on a rant here. Achtung, Mailball. So, just a selection, dear listeners, of comments on the internet after today's. In the end, welcome to one win over a rather poor Cardiff. I think that. despite their, their early opportunities, and there was a very clear uh, penalty shout just after the, the start of the second half. I didn't think an awful lot of them, personally speaking. Richard Corley of the South London Press posts on Twitter. He's, he's gone, took this selection early on, he says, but Murray Wallace was his man of the match today. Really been excellent, says Richard. I think I would agree with that. Michael Mason um, says... Mill fans even moan about the performance or the results. Um, fair point, Michael. For me, the game is about 90 minutes, just a, not a poor first half. Seven points from the last nine at the Dent is great going. Stop moaning and get behind the boys, implores Michael Mason. Um, JP mentions that um, that result should put to bed all of the Morrison in comments. In other words, uh, Rower out and, and Morrison in. They were rubbish. In other news, Savile, Bennett and Keith in, he says. So he likes Savile, Bennett and Keith. I think I thought we improved tremendously once Jill Savile came into the into the side in the second half. Um, Jack Clark, get in you Lions, he says. Guess you could say we ruined his day, Steve Morrison's day. Great second half performance. Bennett and Savile, super subs. Onwards to QPR. Morrison speaking to... Richard Corley says they were very, we were very nice to him today. I wasn't there. I missed out, as as you all know. Um, so I can't say what the reception was like. It didn't sound too bad, but then the sound quality on the feed that I had wasn't brilliant. Um, Phil Clark wasn't a great watch, says Phil, in the first 45, but we wanted it more in the second half. And the subs made all the difference. A great win in the end. And lastly, Steve Evans mentions in negative news... Uh, Bennett Gafobi looks set for a spell out injured. He went off obviously late in the game today. Um, I read also that Luke Freeman pulled up with a hamstring prior to the game. He wasn't on the on the bench at all today. 
Um, maybe <laughs> uh, Steve says maybe we need uh, Zach Lovelace's mum to write a note for him for Tuesday night. Um, it could get to that, Steve. It could get to that. And uh, one last one, Graham Lionwall says Murray Wallace must be nailed on for player of the season. I think I would agree with that 100%, Graham. Um, as you can probably tell from today's post-match conversation, it was rather a difficult game to, to probably assess. In the end, the result's a result, and I think that's probably about the most that I can take away from today's performance. Um, I'm not going to be able to make uh, Wednesday night's game, unfortunately, so I'm hoping for another scuffly win, just to put, um, I don't know, just to take us up the table a little bit. I don't think we deserve to be in the lower half of the table, but that's very much where we're set at the moment. So um, London Derby versus QPR, normally a big game. Let's let's hope that um, we get another result in midweek. Achtung, Mailball. We are speaking in the aftermath of a 2-1 win, listeners, so we, 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 do, we don't want to depress you too much. Um, we're depressing the ourselves, end, aren't we? We're forgetting in the end we, we actually won, won this game. We actually won. We've got we got we won it. Who was your man of the match today, Harry? Who did you choose? Who was your, your standout for you today? Murray Wallace, absolutely. Murray, Murray Wallace. Wallace. I, I think so. Uh, in the best best traditions of Millwall, Murray Wallace. Yeah, Murray, for, I think. yeah, Murray. Uh, Danny McNamara looked quite. Yeah, and quite, I, 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 know, I, I, I I I agree with um, Murray. I, I also want to mention. Um, Keithton Belt gets gets some stick because, as as you said, I think earlier on there we can blow hot and cold. But when he blows hot, he's he's, he's not a bad player actually. And I think um, the I last think three or four games he's actually played quite well. I think he had yeah. a really shocking game. Was it up at Blackpool? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. I think I I think I went on to Hoff and went into one and just get this <laughs> fucking cunt out of my club because he's fucking shit. And then all of a sudden, he's clicked into place, and he's reminded us that he is quite. quite he probably reads Hoff. He probably goes on Hoff and reads it. He probably does. He's probably. I think that's part of the middle contract negotiations is that you're not allowed you read to go off? off. I want to touch on the point that you made earlier on, Neil. And this is the kind of. Um, I mean, Harry, you, we, we're all aware of it. I don't think any. It's, it's the elephant in the room that. Um, there aren't that many people going to the ground. I mean, I, I went to it was the last midweek game. Was that was that Preston? Preston, um, mid- yeah. Preston yeah. And there was, you know, where I sit, there was there's acres of plastic seats all around me, empty. Um, and I know the the club in common with other clubs, and I'm not slating the club for for bumping up the figures because they include season ticket holders um, on their final count, uh, and they all do that, so no, no problem. But I, I do think that there's a noticeable drift about the club um one or two of the tweets i read today i wasn't there i'll repeat because i'm not allowed out um but one or two of the tweets were saying about how the atmosphere is flat and we we've we've all picked up on that i don't think that's a secret around the club um i want to try and touch on some of the reasons for it because i think that the there is a sense that the club is drifting away from the fans now i mean that that would certainly be my understanding of what the what the what the, the vibe is on forums like house of fun i mean is, is that is that how you, you you read it is that how you see it on there yeah there's definitely there's definitely a disconnect between between the hierarchy of the club uh yeah well i won't say john berylson but well, he's, but he's far he's removed from it yeah yeah, yeah. there's foot soldiers kavanagh and such like i think there's um, there's definitely a feeling, there's a mood that they're trying to sanitise what Millwall's about. 
And I must admit, Summit was thrown on the pitch again today. So you've got to mm-hmm. say... I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think there's a fine line between being Millwall and being unacceptable. Mm. I'm going to carefully watch what I say because because I don't want to be cancelled. <laughs> I don't. I don't cancel anyone. People seem to think yeah, I'm no, some kind well, of. Uh... My Twitter will light up like mad tomorrow morning. Oh you? right, okay. But but no, I, there is definitely there's a disgruntlement. I think at all things to do with the club. I think, as Harry said, at the football and the way the club's being run and the way the club are treating fans at the minute. And and it's a lot of money to spend out to go and watch a game of football, as I said before. So there's no easy answer to it, to be quite so, honest. It feels like the club's, the club's like operating in different spheres. You've got like the commercial department that's doing one thing, like whether that be with Recast and the YouTube and all this kind of stuff. Then you've got what's going on on the pitch over here that you know everyone gets to voice their opinion at three o'clock on a Saturday with and people are doing that by not turning up so I don't know if that's telling you enough Millwall Football Club but there you go and then you've sort of got the the underlining sort of badly and it's been like it and I don't want to slag off the you know the supporters club but it's been going on they didn't help themselves sort of about 12 months ago with a couple of statements um that weren't particularly great um, and I feel like the club since then has been bad. Any time that there's a moment of crisis and they need to do a statement, I don't know writes them, but they're they're insinu- they sort of insinuate to certain people and certain things, like what Neil uh, said about obviously the Kavner statement. I I didn't find that funny. I found that like sort of high don't be a tosser. Don't be a tosser. Yeah, I, I yeah. just I just found that. You know, I I don't want my I don't want my chief executive to come across like he you know it wants to be a jokey pally. If you're going to say something serious, be serious about it, or don't say it. You know, it's one or the other. I also get the fact that people would maybe respect it more if it was serious, rather than kind of trying to poo poo it in. Oh, we're Millwall, we're going to say don't be a tosser. It's kind of it's a bit the worst type of comedy to me. Almost, it's almost more offensive for the fact how it was done. I think he was probably under pressure from the sponsors. It was on live TV. Yeah. And let's face it, whatever Millwall fans do is amplified 10 times, isn't it? I, yeah, with all I, that I, stuff that happened at the that happened at the Palace game. Uh, Palace throwing stuff on the pitch, that was ignored. Uh, was it Preston or somebody were throwing seats? There's been a few the lately, Neil. Yeah. Tyros. Yeah, uh, Leicester fan runs on the pitch and attacks three, uh, attacks three Nottingham Forest players. That's gone remarkably quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, and, uh, that, that, that's, and there that... was the there was the Everton game, I think, where somebody threw some at an Arsenal player. Was it? Yeah, but it seems to me that every time Millwall do something. It's in the headlines for about three days, isn't yeah, it? Will it? Be. it will be. But the, but the problem is, is that you deal with that in in one or two ways. You either batten down the hatches and defend the club and and try and show what we're doing, or you come out and do. But he didn't. He didn't do that. But he also didn't fully condone. It was sort of like a. It's kind of like the top. You mentioned cricket earlier on. It's a bit like the start of an England batting lineup. You know it's going to go wrong. So, you know, you it's, immediately, it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what's going to happen before it happens. So I just I just feel that there's kind of a disconnect in, in what we want to be. They don't, all the ideas seem to be 
but I'm sure they're based in some form of what they think is right for the club. But I think there's been a lot of, you know, like this survey last season. I mean, I didn't see the survey go out to answer. One, I wouldn't have answered it because that's just not what I'm like. But two, I don't know whatever come of that survey. I don't know what the what the answers were. But it I seems to have got worse. Since, exactly. It, it was like a, um, your questionnaire um, on your on your match day going experience, which you know you can always take the you can always take the piss out of that kind of thing because it's yeah, what, shit food. Done. Yeah, the food was <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 that's a subject shit. in its own right, Neil, because um, <laughs> I was just saying on our WhatsApp group earlier on that, um, you know, uh, Aaron posted a picture of decent looking pie and mash over at Wimbledon. And I think Ebb's fleet have got a German um, curry versus sausage, like it looks proper stuff with German beer, German uh, sausage, bread roll, you know, and it looked highly eatable. And, you know, so was the stuff that we've seen at um, stadium food, but it was it looked pretty good at Wimbledon. So there's there's one area where I, I, had, I bought myself a pie a few weeks ago. I think I might have mentioned it on one of the shows, and it was it was chronic chaps. I mean, it was it was it was incinerated. It was it was dry what as old Harry. Makes me, what makes me? It was seven pound Harry. Seven. I know. That a drink, you know. That You've got all that fucking space outside, right? <clears throat> where you could sell that to. Retailers, right? I know this is beyond Millwall Football Club, but you can a sell that food court. Can you right? imagine the food you, outside, right? you could sell that outside within that space. You could sell that to whoever would like to use it, whatever fast food restaurant, and cancel the food inside and save the wages on the poor people and make them all poor pints because that's all people want inside, really, or hot drinks when it's crap, right? That is it. The beer's what makes it livable, and the beer's shit as well, which is I want to make the point. That Reg Burr promised us pizza up and McDonald's <laughs> and I went on the concourses when he sold us the dream of the grand. And I want to know. He sold us the dream. Out. I remember those promises as well. It was going to be McDonald's <laughs> and, and Marble Halls. I, I yeah. think that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's a good point, actually. I think it's a good point that, that you've got all of that space. Embrace, embrace what they do at rugby grounds. A little yeah. bit where you have local, where you have different vendors out there, and I think people would go to it because, well, let's face it, the bar at the back of the Cold Blow Lane is quite well attended, isn't it? Because there yeah. is fuck all else around the ground. There's nothing going if on. If you want right. to get down there early, and, and all the transportation problems that it's a pain in the ass to get to and from, considering the ground is what what five miles from central London or something like that, that if you actually made it a more of attractive match day experience, that people would get down there early. They'd be quite happy to spend money. I I think you're right. I I think the club are in a difficult position in some ways because, you know, we, we all want the middle atmosphere. We all, we all know what we're talking about that listeners. We all know we've all been there. We all know what the big night feels. You've got, got to supply the football that lays that on. I think that's, been the repeat theme of our conversation um, in the you know post match today. Um, I also think that people do get over over over. Um, they go too far, and if someone wants to chuck something on the pitch, well, you can't complain if measures are taken to try to prevent that. The clubs kind of got to because the football league will will require that they do that. Sponsors will will abandon you at some point. There will be consequences. That you, you, what you can't have is. You can't go. You can't go mental and then think that that's okay every week because it's Millwall. It's, it's, there's no line. special. 
No. It's a fine line. It's a very, very also, fine line there. And I, think, got... and I think we overstep it. I know we all revel in the reputation of the club and we all there's a certain edginess with being a Millwall fan, isn't there? People yeah, people ask you who you support, you say Millwall and they go and you kind of and you kind of mm. like that, don't you? I find it quite funny to be honest. I, I yeah, find no, it's, it's normally people are the kind of people that turn around and, and are um or I find that the ones who go like that tend to not have a lot of things in common with me, if I'm being honest, if they react like that. Normally, normally if I'm at a dinner party and that's normally one of the first things done, or oh, are you going to beat party? me up? Yeah, this is yeah. not the real we know. Not the real we know, Neil, is it? You go to a drink and someone goes, I do that. And normally it's someone called Tarquin or something turns around, <laughs> turns around and says to you, Oh, you're not going to beat me up, are you? And I, I, you know, these are the things you have to deal with with being a real Yeah, we're real wall with that part him, to be quite yeah, honest. Yeah, just, just for being called Tarquin, really, wouldn't they? Bosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think the club you're in, often in a, on a hiding to nothing with with situations that go on at football because there are people that will um, go too far. There are people that get smashed out. They're not on drink or whatever they've brought into the stadium, and then they'll 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 complain of rough handling when um, that it's been put to rights one way or the other. You you can't have it always. You, you I think sometimes there's a there's a there's a desire for some mythical old days where everything was okay and now it's not and I think sometimes I think reality check is a good expression that we've used football wise Neil in this conversation but also I think it goes off the pitch a little bit as well I'm not arguing for um I don't know what sanitization far from it but you you, you do live within a legal framework that applies in 2022 and you know if you don't take any action in the aftermath of events you the club will get punished for it and they can't do that so I think I think, to be honest, all I'm asking for is edible food and and beer with bubbles in it. I think that's not. I don't think I'm I could put up with the food. To ask. And well, I don't. And I don't think there's any forward thinking at this club as my Alexa goes. No, there's none. No, no reason at the thought of. Like, I can I, put up. I, no, I can like, put up with the food. I can put up with the bird shit in my corner where I sit. I can put up with with a the bovril that tastes like hot water. I can I can put up with everything if I watch a decent game of football because that's why I've gone to Millwall. If I'm watching a load of pony like we have too often, then yes, it will. You people will get disgruntled. So yeah, but football now is about the whole day experience, isn't it? I know I can't believe it I'm is talking about this. Yeah, it is. That you have to make an event around the game of football, and I know that Millwall try in their own way. I know they've got various little things out the back of the of the cold blow lane, haven't they? The they try yeah. and get bands to play singers and yeah. things sometimes. Yeah. Time, don't they? And to be yeah, honest, the one or two I've heard have been really good. They've been absolutely okay. top notch. Okay. And I think if you actually put some decent food out there, and I think people would buy it and go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I, yeah. I think it would make the whole, especially when the sun's shining, because you don't really want to do it when it's freezing cold, do you? No, no, no. Uh, I think. I think it would have the desired effect. I think that people would, yeah, it's all about the whole experience. Now, I think the whole experience is lacking down there, and that's at every level from before the game and the match itself. I'll talk for myself. Yeah. We, we we tried to, when we had sort of our little meet-up before Christmas, We you know, trying to get a beer before the game, is it should be simple. That shouldn't be hard. It is hard at Millwall because there's no pubs or anything near the ground. And when you're in the actual ground, you've got to go to HMP Harry's Bar. And it is yeah. like, it's the world's worst bar. 
you know, and I'm saying that in the nicest thing, it needs to be shut and redone. You know, the, the bar needs to be twice as big as it is, right? Let's be honest. It doesn't need the seating area like it's got, um, especially with the bar at the back. These are all simple things. If you want to increase the revenue on a match day with less people there, do offers on the beer. Do 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 intelligent things like normal retailers do. You know, it's like the, it's like it's beyond me at the club shop. In the entire time of my supporting the club, the club shop is beyond itself of printing its own T-shirts, like little workwear T-shirts. We are a working class club. A little, small, little lion, like a Ralph Lauren sized little logo would sell. It's not beyond me to tell you this. With prime art quality fucking T-shirts. Yeah, no, the whole thing. Yeah, well, I know we mentioned that we, but the club shop is shocking. Yeah, always has been, always has been. Absolutely yeah. embarrassing, isn't it? These are all additional revenue streams that already exist. You don't yeah, need to do I go back. You don't yeah, need to goes... do all this other shit. Just get the things you've already got right first, and we'll move on to the new ideas afterwards. Let's get yeah, what but... we've got right. Yeah, but it all goes back to what I said about forward thinking and forward planning, and we've got a certain attitude, isn't it, that you people do want to spend to run a shop. I, I would yeah, like no. to put this very easy. It is extremely easy. Yeah, it is. You just get somebody half competent to do it, don't you, really? And that's another thing. When you look at the ticket office staff, I saw one of them jobs go out the other day. That The money they're paying for these poor people to sit there... It's minimum wage level, Harry. It's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then they wonder why the turnover of the staff... yeah, but that's, that's true. Mm. Before my I'm, I'm going to get reviews. So get that, get those depressing Harry, and get that Neil Fissler off your show. It's depressing us. <laughs> yeah, they've still got fifteen hundred tins out the back in the club shop. Yeah, but they've all got dents in. But you can have one. <laughs> Chaps, it's been great talking to you. I think we've probably covered today's two-one win. Let's don't not forget that. Uh, leaving us still fifteen. Roll on QPR, yay! Uh, roll on midweek. I, I, I can't go to that one in midweek, listeners. So it's going to be a another um, post-match conversation afterwards. So, um, big thank you. Neil, thanks for taking time out your evening. Come on the show, mate. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all, mate. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> and great to see Harry Warren. Great to see you, H. Yeah, cheers, mate. It was lovely. Nice to meet you, Neil. And, uh, yeah, it was good yeah. to watch Chelsea in the background give away a 1-0 look. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to you too, dear listeners. I hope we've, uh, we've, we've left you with food for thought. Uh, until the next edition of Acton Millwall, bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over to Aston Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 